أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, sahih. Man ahabba lillahi wa abghadha lillahi wa a'ta lillahi wa mana'a lillahi faqad istakmal al-iman wa kama qala alayhi salatu wa salam. The one who loves for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and hates for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and gives for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and withholds for the sake of Allah Ta'ala that person has brought their iman to some perfection to some completion. There are a number of ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam like that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, إِذَا سَرَّكَ حَسَنَاتُكَ وَسَاعَتْكَ سَيِّئَاتُكَ فَأَنْتَ مُؤْمِنُ O كَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَسَلَامُ That if your good deeds make you happy, if your good deeds make you happy, and your sins make you sad, doesn't say that he didn't say that you don't commit sins at all. It's going to happen. Doesn't mean it's okay, but it is going to happen. There's no one who can escape it. If your good deeds make your make you happy in your sins, make you upset, then this is a sign that you're a believer. This is a sign that you're a believer. This is a very basic and usuli, a principled understanding of a person's <coughs> Iman, their faith. What is Iman? Iman is the thing that you will be given eternal life and salvation on the day of judgment in exchange for it. This is a very basic principle by which you can evaluate how is your Iman doing? Do you have it or not? And how is it doing? Because if just saying La ilaha illallah got you into Jannah, then there are many people, even the munafiqeen, who are in the darak al-asfali min al-nar. In the, the lowest and the worst part of the fire, they all said the same La ilaha illallah on their tongues. There's a speech on the tongue that has to be said and there's also a state in the heart that has to accompany it. This is how you can evaluate the state in the heart. The question that we should ask ourselves is which thing is it that we are involved in right now? Which good deed is it that we do? that we are not deriving some sort of happiness from it. Is our prayer something that we find something good with it? Is our prayer the shield that protects us in the day from evil? Is our prayer the thing that holds our tongue back from speaking evil? Is our tongue, or is our prayer the thing that is pushing and pulling us away from indecency? <laughs> Do we feel any different when we fast? Do we feel any different when we give sadaqah? Do we feel any different when we spend on our family, our children, our wives, our parents, our relatives, on the masjid, on whatever it is? The sins that we do, the mistakes that we make, do we feel bad about them? Or do we know inside our head that this is wrong, it's a sin, but inside our heart, we're indifferent to it? The aqidah in the head is that this thing is haram. The aqidah inside the heart is this thing is benefiting me and it's helping me somehow. 
If a person sees that there is something wrong in the system, something dislocated, dysregulated, you now have this ability to diagnose that this needs to be worked on. There needs to be some sort of help that's sought for this. Not everything requires another person to help you. Some things you know, you woke up in the morning, you have a sore throat, you have a headache, you know, you're, you can take the thermometer, you're running a fever. You know, maybe it's time to call in sick from work and take a day off because I'm not feeling well. If you have some other sort of bizarre symptom that you never had before, that I can only see orange, maybe you should go to a doctor. But not everything requires another person. How some things, many of us know something is wrong just by some sort of simple self-awareness. If you feel yourself in this state, then you have to do something about it. Why? Because it means that the problem is jeopardizing your iman. It's jeopardizing your iman. And just like a sick person, a person becomes ill, everything tastes different. Things that may be good for you, they don't taste good anymore. Things that you perhaps like to eat, you're not able to eat anymore. Perhaps, in fact, your entire hunger is gone. Perhaps your hunger will be gone for so long until, until or unless you get that sickness treated. You may actually waste away and become emaciated because of your lack of desire and inability to eat that thing that otherwise would have sustained you through your day, that you otherwise would have enjoyed. The issue is this, is that until you treat what the actual sickness is, you're never going to get better. The treating of sicknesses, some of them are just get some rest at home. And some of them require that a person go to a hospital and see a doctor and get a particular medicine. And some of them require more radical intervention. Every one of us, none of us is obliged to know everything. Every one of us at some point or another has to ask questions. The person you ask questions from also has another person they ask questions from. And that person also has somebody else to ask questions from. Nobody knows everything. Even the great ulama of the Amsar, they will consult with one another when they're not 100% sure about something. Even when they think that I know this is the right answer, I just want to make sure that there's nothing I'm overlooking. They consult one another. وَأَمْرُهُمْ shura بَيْنَهُمْ It's one of the good things, one of the, the good qualities and characteristics of the believers that Allah Ta'ala prayed, praised the, the, the ummah for. And there's a lot of hikmah and benefit in it. The point is this, is that you have to look at this one thing as actually being a bigger problem than it is. This one thing being what? That a person does no, no longer derives some sort of happiness from their good deeds. And I'm not saying that you have to be in a state of bliss. You say, Allahu Akbar, from the time I said Allahu Akbar until the time, you know, I say, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, I feel like I see like trees and waterfalls and glitter and sparkling from the sky, unicorns flying. You don't have to see all of that. You don't have to feel like that. It should be enough for you that what? That you have this feeling inside of your heart. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the ones that He loved to establish this prayer and I was able to do so. And this is, this is a good thing, even if it was difficult for you. But if the thought starts to cross your mind, which is what? I'm wasting my time. This is a problem. This is a problem, right? We have people like this. Muslims undergo all of these things. There was a previous uh, sovereign ruler of a Muslim country. He tried to ban people from fasting in the day on Ramadan. 
And he said, this is an old, old superstitious practice. It's going to die out within our lifetimes. Our country cannot afford to fast. We need to be more economically productive. And I'm thinking, you know, one thing is obviously what he said is haram. It's actually kufr. But the point is not to analyze, you know, like the, 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 the righteousness of particular politicians who have been dead for a while now. The point is, is what? Is that if you yourself, these thoughts come to people sometimes, if the thought lingers for too long, this is a problem. Why? Because anybody who's fasted in Ramadan knows in Ramadan you're able to do those things you're not able to do in other months. They know in Ramadan it benefits your health. You know in Ramadan you see barakah in the money Allah Ta'ala gave you and in your family and your property and your relationships. You actually feel that there's some sort of benefit from this. Again, out of all the benefits a person experiences from their obedience to the Lord. If a person were only to feel this benefit, that this was something Allah Ta'ala told me to do, and Alhamdulillah, I was able to do it on the Day of Judgment, you feel happy that you'll be able to submit this for the acceptance of the Lord. I didn't do it perfectly, but I tried my best. I was at least from amongst the people who prayed. I was at least from the people who fasted. This feeling itself is a very important feeling. In fact, this is the should be for a believer the chief source of happiness. All the other things are like bonus that Allah Ta'ala puts on top of it. When that feeling is gone and you truly start to feel that this is a waste of time, this is a problem. This is what? It's a problem. When you're in the salat and you're itching to do something else, it's a problem. You're itching to go run, eat, to meet your friends, to watch a movie, to watch this, to watch that, whether it's halal, whether it's haram, whatever it is, you're itching to run away. It doesn't mean you should be praying 24 hours a day. But even if a person were to pray very quick for rak'ahs, and I'm done, you know? At least this idea that this is my three, three minute and 21 second meeting with the Lord. You should see some value in it. You should see some value in it, some benefit, some barakah in it. And on the flip side, the sins that people do, whether it's transacting in haram money, whether it's dishonesty, whatever it is, big or small, whether it's in eating the haram and drinking the haram, whether it's through your mouth and with your tongue and in your stomach, or whether it's with your private parts that you consume the haram, or with your eyes or with your ears. These things a person should not see good and benefit in them. A person should see whatever enjoyment that they have in them as somewhat problematic. A person should see that as somewhat problematic. They should not think this is like a good thing in my life that I want to identify myself because of. This is a problem. It means your iman is weakening and it might be gone and at some point it's been dead for a while and you're moving on a person has to then diagnose that there is a problem figure out is this something that I can take care of myself again you don't have to go to the hospital for every single thing sometimes you just need a day of rest what is your day of rest for your iman you should fast for a day why? Because everything that makes the nafs happy, everything that makes the physical disposition of a person happy, all of them, they will be the opposite effect for your ruh, for your spirit. It's narrated that the nafs, the, 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 the physical disposition of a person, and the ruh, the spiritual disposition of a person within their spiritual makeup. They're like two co-wives. If you make one of them happy, you're going to make the other one upset. 
The hadith is, the, the narration at any rate, I don't have the takhrij in it, so you don't have to attribute it to the Prophet ﷺ, but there's a great deal of wisdom in it, not the least of which is, every, you know, most everybody would be afraid to tell this to their wife at home, because just the idea of some sort of fictitious someone else having a second wife is going to cause that much of a problem. So, when you're eating, when you're resting, when you're enjoying yourself, during all of these things, physically speaking, during all of these things, imagine that your ruh, your, your spirit is what? It's fasting, has nothing to eat or drink. It's physically, obviously it's not a physical thing in the first place, but it's become weak. It's become tired. It's become dizzy. All the things that you know that you feel like when you're not doing, when you haven't eaten for a long time, all of that is happening to you spiritually. People can feel this. This is why a person knows that there's something wrong. This is why people go to therapy, they go to a psychiatrist, they go to get help from other means in order to suppress this feeling of unease inside. This is obviously where people should read mantik, they should read logic. I'm not saying that every single person who goes to therapy or goes to a psychiatrist or is on medicines or whatever, somehow has a spiritual problem. But some of them do. Not all of them. So if you have these things and you have a, you know, another need for uh, you know, getting help or therapy or whatever, it's not necessary that I'm talking to you. But even then, a person is made up of a body, a person is made up of a mind, and a person is made up of a spirit. If you were to put harm on one of those three, it will necessarily drag the other two down. So if a person has some sort of, like went through some sort of traumatic experience, whether recently or in their childhood or whatever, because of which they need some sort of psychiatric help or they need some sort of psychological help. Not being okay in your, in your spiritual life, not being okay in your physical life, is not going to help you get over those things. It's actually going to put more weight and more strain. Imagine a person is getting some sort of very invasive treatment for, for a difficult disease in the, in the, in the hospital. And someone were to, you know, you know, someone were to you know, trip that person and they fell and broke their leg. Do you think the leg is going to get better sooner if they're getting some, like chemotherapy? Or would it be better if the person was otherwise healthy quicker? These things, they all work together. You're a whole being. You're not separated one thing from another. So, knowing this, knowing that this is going to cause you dis-ease inside of yourself, then the first line of... Uh, uh, the first line of treatment is what? You treat yourself by doing what? By, by sitting and reading a juz of Qur'an. Someone says, I don't read Qur'an very well. Read the surahs you know. Someone says, okay, I read them. You sit and you say, La ilaha illallah some number of times. Brother, that's bid'ah. It's not, I didn't say it's a sunnah. This is a treatment for a, for a, for a difficulty, for an illness. Sit and focus for some time. If that's not doing it for you, find something else that will do it for you. Fast. Pray a certain number of rakat. Take money out and give it in sadaqah. Even though you didn't want to otherwise. You wanted to do something else with it. Say something nice to somebody else. Do something nice for somebody else. All the sadaqah, the most important sadaqah we can do, it starts at home. Do something nice for your wife, for your husband. Do something nice for your children, for your parents. Find these ways to treat it. If it doesn't get better after that, then go and seek help. Go and seek help. Otherwise, what is it now? You know, like nowadays we have access to so much entertainment. What is entertainment? It's just distraction. 
We have access to so much distraction. And people distract themselves in so many different ways. And some of them may even not be haram. Some of them are haram and some of them are like very haram. But they all kill hours and hours of the day, days and days of the week, weeks of the year, years of a person's life. What do they do if a disease is not treated? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? It's progressively going to get worse. It's going to be even more and more difficult to treat the further a person goes on. And the distraction will distract a person. Entertainment will do what? It will distract a person from, from understanding what that problem is and trying to treat it. Until one day it manifests in a bizarre way, in a way that's socially and culturally unacceptable. Because there are, there are sins that a person does, but they can still be functioning in the community. But once a person, you know, their wife finds them cheating with another woman, or with a God knows, with the whatever nowadays, right? When a person gets booked, you know, for fraud in jail, which was built up to by smaller frauds that they got away with, that no one said anything. By eating the money of haram in a way that's not illegal in the whatever, in DuPage County. When a person gets to a point where it's socially no longer acceptable, then they say, oh, you know, Sheikh, can you help me with this? My brother, this, my son, this, my father, that. I'm going through this difficulty. I'm going through that difficulty. It's difficult at that time to help. We never tell a person to give up hope. Even if you're dying, you're going to die in one minute. I say, at least say, la ilaha illallah again. At least make your repentance to Allah Ta'ala, whatever you fixed or broke in this world, even if you cannot fix it. Always Allah Ta'ala, Allah, Allah Ta'ala will accept from you. But it shouldn't take a genius to see why this is not the superior way a person should want to live. This is not a superior way that a person should want to be a believer. A little bit of forethought, a little bit of, uh, of process. Those things that you think are not going to be fun. Because one of the reasons a person doesn't want to take the path of righteousness is that they think, this is not going to be fulfilling for me. It's better I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to consume what I want to consume. I want to have a big name. I want to have big fame. And that way I'll be happy. I don't want to pray all that much. Because it sounds boring. I don't want to fast all that much. Because it sounds difficult. I don't want to give that much charity. Because it sounds like, you know, I'm going to be broke. And I won't have stuff, you know, the nice car that I want or whatever. Don't be a fool. This is foolishness. Those people are not happy in the next world. akhiratu khairun wa abqa. They're not happy in this world either though. That's the, 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 the strangest thing. That there are people on their deathbed, the amount of contentment that they have, there are people who spend literally hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in the year, they don't have that contentment. It's a type of foolishness. And no matter how happy they may look, everyone is going to die one day, right? There's no person who's on such a great diet and so much exercise and so much, you know, financial portfolio, trust fund, well-balanced, that they're going to live forever. What kind of sick person would want to live forever in this world anyway? So I want to live another four years to see who the next clown who gets elected. What, do you, like, what, are you, what is it that you're going to get out of it one way or the other? Take the initiative and know that this is going to be what makes me happy. That at the end of this process, at the end of this process, because like the sick person, the thing, the good food doesn't taste good anymore to them. Why? Because they're, what? They're sick, right? That when I get better, the salat will actually feel nice. When I get better, the fast will feel nice. When I get better, 
There are people in this ummah, not like random one person, like, you know, like walking around in Syria or Iraq or some other place. Like in this jamaat right here, they literally, if they had like $5 in their pocket after their needs were fulfilled, after they spent, you know, paid for rent for the people that they're obliged to take care of in the Sharia, if they had $5, it would give them more happiness to spend that $5 on their brother in need or on their sister in need than it would in just indulging themselves, you know, getting an extra, you know, how many, you know, I... Some of the brothers, they see me, I'll go to Starbucks and like drink, drink a coffee after Jummah, you know? So I'm not like being, I'm not saying that it's, it's wrong. But I'm just saying like, if we were to one week miss Starbucks after Jummah, right? Because we gave to somebody else. Would I be upset? Would you guys be upset? Of course not. I'd see in your face, you would not be upset. You would actually be happy that I, I had an opportunity to do this. It will feel good. I promise you it will feel good. The problem is not that it's a bad thing or a stupid thing to do. The problem is what? When you're sick, the thing that's good, it doesn't taste nice anymore. When you get better, you will see that those things that are actually helpful and beneficial to you, they will feel good again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Allah ta'ala, any of us that is sick, whether physically, mentally, or, 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 or spiritually, Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq of being treated and getting treatment and finding those people who help us to get the treatment so that we can come on the day, the day that no one's benefited by wealth or by progeny. The only one who will benefit is the one who brings a, a heart free from all of these sicknesses and can offer it to Allah Ta'ala. Meaning an imam that's free of all of these sicknesses, we can offer it to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And in exchange for that, Allah Ta'ala accepts all of us and gives us all from His love and gives us everlasting life in the maqam in Jannah forever and ever where we never worry about anything ever again. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallama ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.